Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Neil Haley's show on the Total Celebrity segment. And I have had on so many Shark Tank contestants since the beginning of Shark Tank. A huge fan, but I never thought I'd get the opportunity to interview one of the Sharks. And I am getting that opportunity. So I'm excited to welcome the program, Robert Hershevac of Shark Tank, ABC Shark Tank. Robert, thanks for calling. And you got to be amazed at how the growth of this show and the popularity of this show since when you first started with it, how it's just become such a huge show. Did you expect that? Well, no, nobody saw that coming because I think we thought it would be this business show. I mean, when you think about it, five people talking about business doesn't really sound like a major uh, hit, but what we didn't realize is how much families would love the show, and we're one of the top shows on television for families, and and none of us saw that happening, and, and it gives people so much hope and so much inspiration. It's an incredible platform to be involved with. It's all about the story, isn't it? The, 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 shark, the people who come in and say they want, they have this great business idea, it's all about the story. And the, and the passion, and that's what families love watching, to see, are the sharks going to invest in this special uh, product or service or idea, right? That's the big thing that makes it so successful, I think. It's, it, everybody's got a great story, and, you know, we're, we're really proud to be part of the show, but it's, it's about the people coming out and their dreams and some of their stories. I mean, after nine seasons, it never ceases to amaze us at the creativity of people and the incredible products and businesses that people build and their dreams and their aspirations. It's amazing. One thing I learned from a lot of Shark Tank contestants and for our listeners out there to understand is it is a pressure cooker, isn't it? Even for you guys, because it, they cut out a lot of what goes on in the presentation and what happens behind the scenes before they present. And it's a, it's a very challenging thing even for the Sharks when you guys have presented all these ideas, right? Yeah, it's, it's, we, we love the idea that they come out with and some of the things that we see. And, and, you know, we're just normal five people. Some of us are really good at math. Some of us are not so good at math. And it's sometimes it's about the people pitching and sometimes it's about the argument with the sharks and the shark fights. And when you first were on the set with the original sharks, what did you think so far? Like, did you, could you, did you originally just get along with them or you saw that you guys are so different in so many ways? Like when you first met them and said, okay, we're going to do this TV show and here are the sharks and here are their backgrounds and here's Robert. And did you think, okay, I'm going to, well, you know, Kevin, get along with these guys? Yeah, good. Yeah. Yeah, I've I've known Kevin for a number of years. Him and I used to do the show in Canada, believe it or not. Really? And wow. the original sharks were Kevin and I, Barbara, Damon, and Kevin Harrington, who was a shark in the first season. Yeah. And you know, we all got along. We didn't know each other, but we respected each other. That's the great thing is everybody has this incredible background and this motivating story. Barbara does, Damon does, Kevin does. And so, but when you film the show, it's very real. People don't realize that the average pitch is over an hour. And in that hour, right. you, you want to say something, you got to say something. You know, this isn't uh, put up your hand, it's your turn to speak. When we like something and we think we can make money on it, we're all over it. We're not waiting for a polite opportunity to uh, speak. And sometimes when you see the guest sharks come in, they have a hard time with that. They think that, you know, it's feely and fluffy, but it's not. It's, it, Shark Tank moves at the speed of business, for sure. And it teaches people a lot how to present to somebody. I think this is a great teachable moment for people to have an idea, and they're going to present in front of someone else, not 
the sharks always. And to understand you better have a business idea and it can make money. And if people watch the show, they learn a lot about what it takes to make money in business. And I think that's what you guys do a tremendous job is educating the public about how tough it is to be an entrepreneur. Well, you make a great point. We always say to people, it's not my responsibility to listen. It's your responsibility to make me hear. And it's not just on Shark Tank. It's in general in life. You know, and yeah. life is, is crowded and life is noisy. And if you want to get a raise or you want to start a business or you're going to ask for money, it's your responsibility to make that pitch be relevant to that person. And I think that applies to, to everything. I think we do a good job of teaching people what works and what doesn't and how to do it well. And I, I love the show. Um, my family's grown up and since then. I have five kids of my own, Robert, and I don't get to watch it as much as I was before. Life gets busier the older they get. And I think you understand that as well in life, that the more you are able to sit down and watch different things. Now I'm like, holy cow, I interview all these different people. I wish I could watch the shows. But this season, the guest shark is interesting. Is this the first season, Robert, where you brought in different guest sharks for each uh, episode? where someone else comes in that no, we haven't had, really been on Shark Tank? Yeah. No, we've had guest sharks since uh, season two. We, believe it or not, people don't remember now, but we had Jeff Foxworthy as a guest shark way back when, seven years ago. And so we've often had guest sharks. This season, we've really tried to mix it up by having lots of guest sharks. And I think it brings a great energy to the show and a real dynamicism because not only do you get to see a new shark and how they think, but I think it changes the chemistry between all of us because we don't know what they're going to do. You know, we, we don't sit around and plan things. They just show up and they're all in. I mean, we had Richard Branson on this year, Alex Rodriguez, Rohan Alza, yeah. Bethany Frankel. It's, it's really interesting. It is, and it's interesting how they see things that I didn't know. I, I kind of remember, but I think that the, the more the guest sharks, it really makes it interesting. It gives you guys a week off or something of an episode, and you can see, uh, and then seeing yourself in your seat, right, Robert? When you are off one week and someone else is on, you'll say, okay, I didn't think about that perspective. I'm maybe going to think about that the next time I sit next to Kevin or somebody else and say, oh, maybe I should handle it differently. That's the other part of entrepreneurship is always studying, always learning, and always trying new things. Well, that's such a great point. Not only does America learn from the pitchers and from us, but the sharks also learn from each other. We learn what works. We learn what doesn't. And when we see the guest sharks, they always bring something new to it. And, you know, after nine seasons, I'm still amazed about some of the deals that we put together, and I'm still amazed about the pitches that people uh, give us. All right. Well, everyone needs to tune in Sundays, 9 p.m. Eastern to Shark Tank. And, Robert, I know you have books out and different things entrepreneur-wise that you'd like to promote. So where's the best place we can go for you, Robert, to learn about your books, other types of products and services that you have? Where can we go? Yeah, just online. We have a website, robertherjavac.com, and on social media, and, uh, of course, on ABC Shark Tank. Well, Robert, it was an absolute honor to get to chat with you. Uh, I love entrepreneurship. I'm trying to build a bunch of different businesses myself, and to get the chance to sit down and chat with you is great. And if you're in Pittsburgh, we got to have coffee sometime if you ever come out to Pittsburgh, okay? I'd love to. Thank you very much. You're listening to Neil Haley's show, and we'll be back in just a moment. Huddle up. Coach, what are my mortgage options? Excuse me? It's me, Debbie Diaz, class of 03. Diaz, get out of my huddle. No problem. You have mortgage questions? We have the answers at clearviewfcu.org. Clearview, clearly different. Equal housing lender. We're back to Neil Haley's show. I'm excited to welcome to the program my guest, Rika, Rivka, Markel. Rika, thanks for stopping by. And we're going to talk about the law of attraction. And I'm going to hit you with a thousand questions and everybody wants to know about the law of attraction. It first started out with the secret kind of go. I mean, it didn't, but that's what I learned it from the secret. I potentially then got hooked to Napoleon Hill. 
but it first came out with the secret. And I said, what's this stuff? What's this secret thing? And then they go through the whole process of that movie. Cause I never read the book and maybe that's the mistake. That's the cliff notes, right? The, the movie's <laughs> the cliff notes version, isn't it? Not a mistake. It's not a mistake. It's, it's, it has the same message. So it it's definitely fine, but it is interesting because what you're saying is so, so true. Like people started talking about the law of attraction with with the movie and book the secret but the law of attraction is exactly the same thing as the law of gravity so it was always there there is no such thing as this is a new age law of attraction uh, phenomena because that is absolutely not true i am working with the law of attraction for the last 40 years so um for me oh yeah you're way you're way ahead of the game so much a secret i think i gave my first workshops that until the law of attraction when I was 26 years old. So okay, so so basically, that. and you and and you look like you're in your 30s. So go figure. Exactly. But what? But I'm just saying that must be the law of attraction. And I, I I'm in the fountain of youth as well at 51. And I and I don't look feel 51. I don't look 51 unless I let my beard grow out more and I get that grayness and I gotta go shave again. I'm not gonna ever go and get just for men. Forget it. All right, because or I would go to the hour I go to the hair club for men instead. You so let's kind of go and so, more hair. So so let's this what is what is missing in the secret? Because that's the first thing. What missing components? Okay. Let's talk about just the film because I'm sure the book had a little bit more detail. I'm I'm positive it did because it was just interviewing different people. But what do you think was missing? Well, I don't think there was anything missing what i do believe it was the ground level it was the the law of attraction 101 so when people never heard of the law of attraction or that your your thoughts are going to create your reality and you you never heard of that concept then it's like being in kindergarten and you need to know how to play with with the blocks you know you have to understand the basis of what is the law of attraction? So the secret, 100% put that foundation. But what happened was a lot of people, they only heard we have to have these affirmations and we have to think about what we want and then it's going to come to us. But that is really the basic level. There is way much more into it. So it wasn't like, was there anything missing? Yeah, of course, there was a lot missing because they just were giving the public like the foundation of the law of attraction. How do you get into it? What is it? And the idea that your thoughts create your reality and that the law of attraction will give you anything you think about. So that was the basic idea. And then you have to start understanding how am I going to implement this now in my life? So what, what was missing, if you want to talk about missing, then it would be, the practical implementation. How are you going to make that work now for you? How are you going to attract what you want and not what you don't want? So let's kind of go into this further, okay? When I think about this, this is an interesting uh, thought process when we're kind of talking about this because it's very, very, very interesting. Is the law of attraction in the basic form? There's so many books of of creators, divine creators, who have written about the law of attractions all the way to the 1900s, the 1800s. And there's books out there and people have practiced it for, for many, many, many moons. The movie just made it like, all I got to do is think about it and a BMW is going to show up in my backyard. And they kind of said it in, 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 my, in my driveway, but they kind of said it, but they really didn't say it enough, right? They, and then they talked about all the crappy things that happened in your life and you attracted it, but they kind of didn't give you any type of practice. They just mentioned it. That's my take on this. And that's why you need a coach like you. What do you think? So I, I know you're not going to go knock the secret is a, how many books is it sold, right? But what do you think people, once they come to you and want to talk to you about the law of attraction, what are their misconceptions? Okay, so that's a very good question. Excellent question. Because you see, once people understand that they have the power to create their own reality, they want to know how. And so the secret was explaining the idea that you can create your reality and that you have to think about what you want. 
put like the emotion with it. I'm not even sure that like it, in certain speakers are talking about that you have to really feel it as if you already have it. And then it is going to show up in your life. So that's the basis of what the secret is teaching. And in a way, that is true. That is 100% true. And we all do it 24-7. We are practicing the law of attraction. We think of something, we have a certain emotion with it, and it doesn't even have to be a good emotion. Usually people attract those things that they think about all day long with anxiety, with stress, but that's also an emotion. The universe doesn't care if it is something you want or you don't want. The universe is just practicing the law of attraction. And the law of attraction is working all the time, 24-7. Everybody knows how to do it. Everybody is doing it all the time. So now that what I said before was you want to teach people to attract what they want and to repel what they don't want. Okay, so that is the first level. You have to understand that the law of attraction always works. So now, let's say you want that BMW. Now, there is way more into it because people think they want the BMW because they think that that is going to give them that blissful feeling that they are uh, that they want. People are not buying or people don't want material things. People want what that material thing is going to, how that material thing is going to make them feel, which is a totally different story. So the first step in the law of attraction is that you have to be super clear in what you want. It's like my mentor, Bob Proctor would say, tell me what you want and I show you how to get it. And that is exactly what it is. Tell me what you want. Most people, if you ask them, what do you want? They're not even, they don't even know. They're not clear. They're not crystal clear in what they want. So the first step is being crystal clear. What is it that you want? And then, and yeah, yeah, go ahead. No, no, you keep going. Yeah. So first question, what is it that you really want? And most of the time, the things that people come up with, that's not even what they want. So there, as a coach, I will always work with people to get them to the point where they are crystal clear of what they want. And it is usually not what they first thought that they wanted. And so if you are not crystal clear, your subconscious is going to tell you, no, that's not what you want. And your subconscious is in charge, not your conscious mind. You have to understand if our thoughts create our reality and we have 70,000, average of 70,000 thoughts per day, there is no way that you are consciously in touch with those 70,000 thoughts. It is the thoughts that you don't know that you have that are creating your right. reality. So there is some work to be done also. So that's step number two. You have to become aware of what you're thinking. So people say to me, how do I know what I'm thinking? If 70,000 thoughts, there's no way that I know what I'm thinking. And the answer is so simple because we know the law of attraction. We know that whatever you're thinking, that's what's going to be projected in your reality. So in order to know what your 70,000 thoughts are, you just have to look around and see what your reality is because that is exactly what you're thinking about. So step number two is becoming aware of what you're thinking about by looking around you and then making a list of all the things that you don't want to think about anymore and be very, very aware of those thoughts. Now, now I'm going to jump right into this. One thing uh, my mentor, Garage Global from Clubhouse, uh, taught me that 95% of our day were in the subconscious, which yes. really makes it difficult. So a lot of people think they have desires. They got their vision board. They got all these different things. But ultimately, our subconscious can, can controls our thoughts, our actions, and our reality. Correct. 100% correct. So th that's not step number three. You have to make sure that you also do some clearing up. So I'm a clearing practitioner because I understood that that was a big missing link in my own 
um, in my own manifestation process. So I knew how it worked. I was crystal clear on what I wanted. I did the work and still nothing was happening. So I'm the kind of person to start digging what's happening here. So what happened was your paradigms, the way you are programmed between zero and six are, it's exactly unfolding for the rest of your life unless you are going to do something to change that. So most people go through their life ignorant. They don't know. They don't know that they're just that they're just living in in the matrix. You know, they live in a certain program, and they think they're in charge of what they're doing, but they're not. And that's a big, 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 big thing to grasp for people. And some of them can be very not so happy when you say it because you see it means that if the law of attraction is true all the hardship that you have in your life, you also attracted that in your life. And, and so some of it's definitely not your fault, but ultimately not your fault. A hundred. So that's the first thing I teach people, whatever it is that you are, that you are going through, it is not your fault, but it is your responsibility to change it. So there is a huge difference. So even though it's not your fault, it's your programs right now, but now, you know, it's your programs. So from the moment you heard me say those words, it becomes your responsibility to change it. So then you have to step out of victim consciousness and to say, okay, I own my hardship. I own whatever it is that I don't like in my life. And now I'm going to actively, consciously change my reality. But the problem is you can't actively consciously change your reality if you don't if you don't cure if you don't clear your subconscious. Because ultimately what you're going after and trying and doing and doing and working hard, you'll keep doing it and the same result will happen again. Yeah. Uh and go on. yes and no. Yes and no. Because clearing is not that difficult or not that difficult that most people want to believe it is, because it's just a story. So <laughs> I also learned over my process because, you know, I, I wanted to manifest my own life. My thing is dreams into reality. I want to have my dreams and I want to see them in the 3D world. Very simple. And I needed to understand how I was going to do that. And I became pretty good at it in the many, many areas of my life. I could think of something and boom, the next day it was in, was in front of my nose. Right. And there were other areas in my life nothing happened so obviously there were limited beliefs paradigms subconscious structures that were sitting there but by looking at them i could see what those structures were and then i trained as a clearing facilitator and i got like different modalities like and i know that you're also working um like with self-hypnosis or with um tapping or other clearing techniques and it is easier than you think because you don't have to really know what it is that is holding you back you just have to know something in this area is holding me back and that's something I'm going to drop it I don't need it anymore I'm going to say goodbye to it and I'm just going to let it go and then the the thing is that a lot of people when they do that once they think it's gone. And I'm not saying that it couldn't be. It could be gone. But most of the time, if you have a certain pattern in your life and you do that for 40, 50, 60, 70 years, you really believe that one time that you're going to drop it is going to do the trick for you. You're not that good yet. That's what Dr. Joe Dispenza will say. If it doesn't work, it just means you're not that good yet. It could be that it drops after one time, but usually you need to do it a couple more times in order to really have it dissolve. And I, I look at it like the ability that I have, that I've ha had the, the luxury of going through and listening to self-hypnosis for the past seven months, uh, I think, or maybe eight now, I lost track. Uh, I do go back. So you have to really reflect I listen to my subconscious and when I feel myself drifting into negative thoughts or beliefs, I try to reverse it, the law of reversibility, 
uh, you know, it's the way to reverse something, what you're saying, uh, baptizing events is one author talked about ways that we can get our thoughts, especially if they're negative, not towards what we want or desire to do it. So this is why you need a coach. This is the point I'm going to make is if you don't have, a, if you really want to practice the law of attraction, either you have to devote as much time as I spend, maybe 12 to 13 hours a day on the law of attraction, or you have to hire a coach. A lot of people don't have the time to spend 12 to 13 hours a day, continue to listen to the books over and over again and doing self-hypnosis and getting to talk to amazing people like you and other law of attraction experts and study myself. But for somebody who's busy, they need a coach because every week, it's like weight loss. It's like anything else. You have to constantly practice and having an expert like you does that. So talk about that. So you're going to, at times, go not on the right track. And that's when you need somebody to, to let you know. And a coach is going to do that, right? Yeah. And, you know, when you're in the apple, you cannot see if your outside is red or green. And that's how I explain it to people. Like, with a coach, you can go much faster because they can give you a view on your blind spots. And so it's some things that you don't see because you're so in, in it. You're so programmed in a certain way that you can't see. I work with a coach because I understand that if without my coaches, I would not be able to excel or to go as fast as I want to go. So everybody needs somebody that is going to guide you and and. I would prefer not call, I am a coach, I know that, but I prefer the, the, the name facilitator because I feel like I facilitate people on their journey because you have to do it yourself. And it's definitely um, a very intense process. But if you want to transform, if you want to have a different life, if you want to have bliss in your life, it is absolutely possible. So with the clearing, I want to I want to touch on one more thing that I discovered that was a big problem in my own process. So once we start clearing, it is as if you create a void. So now you drop something. Let's say you, you drop a bad habit, but then the day the day starts and there is this void. So instead of leaving it in a void, what I do with my uh, clients. We create the void, but immediately we fill it with what we do want. So, and that is a, that is a step that I don't hear that much. And I'm giving away my secret now, because that is a step that most people underestimate. Like they don't, they underestimate how powerful those negative beliefs are. And if you create, you take them away, you drop them, you create that empty space that if you don't fill it right up with something that you want there, that those negative beliefs, they creep back in. So that's why I created something that it's, it's like a seven minute um, kind of meditation where we drop what we don't want and we fill it with what we want. And we, we just, it's like a seven minute thing and it works wonders a lot of people tell me and I did it for myself and it works for me and a lot of my clients also tell me that it really works which is so easy the law of attraction the practicing the law of attraction doesn't have to be difficult so then we are only on step number three and there are five see so that's where we're gonna have to go back next podcast see this is the thing we'll be meeting weekly on the Neil Haley show but also be putting it on your YouTube channel and stuff like that. So the best place people can find information on you, but I think they want that seven minutes right now. Where can they find that? Is <laughs> that's on your website, right? You we can. Will, uh, we will definitely we will put that seven minutes in a link below if that's what I, I think that people are going to love it. Although I have to say that when you use that seven minutes, things are going to shift in your life, and you are going to see all kind of things happening. And then you're going to come back to me and say, it didn't work because see, now all of a sudden this bad thing happened to me, but it's part of the journey and it's part of what's going to happen. And again, that's another reason why you need a coach to guide you in all the after effects, because those things, they work, they real, they do something if they, and so you're going to have a result and not always the result that you would like to see right away. It takes time like anything else. Appreciate it.
and your website for people to go? Um, it is just rikamarkel.com. Thanks, Rika. Appreciate it. You're welcome. You're listening and watching The Neil Haley Show. We'll be back in just a moment. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Strategic Wealth Strategy Podcast with our host, Alan Porter. Alan, what's going on, man? How are you? How you doing? It's, it's another great day out here in North Carolina. It's supposed to get in the 70s tomorrow. I know. It's gorgeous here, too. So I guess spring sprung very early. Well, I don't think so, but, but I, I can't. It's getting cold again. Yeah, it's going to get cold again. Snow's coming to Pittsburgh. I don't think it's coming to North Carolina anytime soon, but we'll find out. Uh, and, you know, we're going to continue to talk about the stock market because, again, the market is something that can really make people think. And it's, it's you're not surprised. It's election year, right, Alan? Absolutely. You're going to have to. And it's pretty easy. People to manipulate stocks. Trust me. It's not difficult. So, Alan, the stock market is setting new highs each week. What are your thoughts on this? Well, first off, those new highs are set by about 17 different stocks. The other rest of them are not doing so good. And they're saying, well, what this is so good. It's new highs and everything. Well, you know, compared to inflation, it's only a gain of 6%. During the last administration, the stock market had new highs, and that was a gain of 36%. But people don't understand this. And Neil, I was talking to a guy the other day, and, um, and in fact, it was out on the golf course. And I said, man, you're killing the stock market, aren't you? He said, man, I'm making money hand over fist. I said, you're not making anything. He said, what are you talking about? I said, you don't make anything until you cash it out. It may be here today, but it's going to be gone tomorrow. The stock market is volatile. It goes up, it goes down. And people don't, I mean, and they're very, very emotional. They sell when they when it goes down and they buy when it goes up. It's, uh, you know, you, know, you got people like, like Dave Ramsey said, uh, well, my term invested different. Put that in the stock market. You're going to average over 10% a year. I, what? What years did you average over 10% in the market? Yeah, there's some years. But what about the lost decade in the 2000s, from 2000 to 2010? If you bet $100,000 in the market, Neil, you had $96,000 at the 2010, and that's not net of fees. You probably had eighty dollars to $85,000. It's crazy. That's a lot of loss for just playing it very safe. Isn't that crazy? So what do you mean by the M2 money supply? Well, I've gotten over this before. That's people, they don't take into consideration the M2 money supply. Uh, and that's because we're consumption-based society. Our M2 money supply is at recession and depression levels. And that M2 money supply supplies loans to businesses to create products. And they can't get loans anymore. Another huge thing that people don't understand, there are $60 trillion commercial debt that's coming up for maturity in the next few months. Remember 2008 with the mortgage crisis? Well, guess what? It may happen again. Crazy stuff, man, for sure. And, and it's going, and it will happen probably after the election. <laughs> if you're looking at predictions, go figure. Yeah. Yeah, and so we'll see. Give me your thoughts on the status of our economy. Well, I think our economy is the crap right now. Neil, it cost me over. Since this new administration took over, it's costing me at a minimum $25,000 a year extra to live. That's me. Now, not everybody's that. Some are a lot less, but there's some that's cost them a lot more. And now we've got 85% of our population in debt to the tune of $17 trillion. And it goes up constantly. Uh, people don't understand the effective interest costs that they have to pay on the money that they borrow. And they're putting everything on credit cards. And now you look at credit cards right now when they're issued. They're talking 20 to 30% interest rates. And the effective interest cost on those are over 95%. So people understand when you when you have a credit card and you you, you start paying an interest on there, 95% of the money that you pay goes to interest. It compounds for the financial institutions. It doesn't compound out, compound for you. And it, it's, you know, when they take into inflation, they don't take into account the price of, of food, fuel. And, and it's it, it's not should be it's not on they say it's what three point four percent right now it's probably around seventeen or eighteen percent but I mean groceries have gone up thirty percent at least now rent is unbelievable people can't even afford rent you've got so many young people that are living with their parents because the American dream is is gone right now they can't afford to live 
It's crazy. And so, Alan, here's the problem. If you're living paycheck to paycheck and you were lucky to save $200, $300 scrounging up every month so you could have a, a, a nice family vacation, they're not they're not able to save two or three hundred dollars. They're losing three, four, five hundred dollars every month. And that just is going to and then what do you do? You put in the credit cards because inflation goes to that level, it's gonna kill you. And people are finding out working a job isn't gonna work anymore because it's not catching up to interest and inflation. So I don't know what people can do who don't create their own wealth. I don't know what they can do. Except yeah. First thing they need to do is get out of debt. And I've got the perfect program for that. And, you know, when I compare Dave Ramsey, Dave Ramsey, I agree with about 50% of what he says. But he wants you to pay the financial institutions that money where it compounds for them and not you. And you know as well as I do, Neil, when we set up our debt free for life program in my program, you set yourself up in a tax free bucket of money in a whole life insurance policy. And you pay that extra money that will compound for you in that tax free bucket of money and not the financial institutions. Now, it may take a couple months longer to get out of debt, but when you're out of debt, it's not going to be like Dave Ramsey, where you're right back where you were, because if you want to buy something, you have to go to the bank and get a loan or put on a credit card. But with my program, you've got a tax-free bucket of money that's tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars, that you become your own bank. You'll never have to go to the bank and borrow money again. I've not gone to the bank in over 13 years since I learned how to do this. And you can also have a death benefit in that policy in the hundreds of thousands of dollars to protect your family in case something would happen to you. And you can even use it for long-term care completely tax-free. And people have no idea or, or they're not prepared for long-term care. It's extremely expensive. Even 70% of Americans are going to need long-term care at some point in their life. And right now, it costs between fifty dollars to $200,000 a year. What is going to happen with taxes, Alan? Well... You know, I, I tell people, uh, do you think taxes are going to go up or down? And I've had probably 95% of people say, well, taxes are going to go up. Then I have other, the other 5% say, well, I'm going to be in a lower tax bracket when I retire. Well, I'll, I'll address that second uh, thing first. I said, okay, you're going to be in a lower tax bracket. Well, understand this. You've made, when you go to retire, you probably lost all your tax deductions. And I said, don't you want to be living in the same standard of living or a better standard of living than you are right now. When you retire, when do you spend the most money? You spend the most money on Saturdays, correct? Well, every day when you retire Saturday, and if you've got grandkids, you're gonna be spending a lot of money, I know, because I do it myself. And healthcare costs. People don't understand when in retirement, a married couple, their healthcare costs are gonna probably average over $315,000 during their retirement. Where are they gonna get this money? I mean, it's crazy. That's why Alan is hustling still, because he knows create your own wealth, enjoy what you do and find what, so pick a job that you're going to love the rest of your life and you don't work a day of your life. That's it. Here's the other thing. You know, I said this before, last last fall, now this is a original budget office report. I've got the recording I can send to anybody, but they stated if we don't raise taxes overall by 66% by the year 2030, the country cannot pay the debt, the interest on the debt, and the country will default on the on their debt. And so, you know, what's what's the government do? They just keep printing more money, causing massive inflation. But the other thing too, you know, a lot of people don't understand. Come January first, twenty twenty six, the tax brackets are going back to what they were in two thousand seventeen. Now, people in the twelve percent minimum tax bracket, some of them, but not not all, are going to increase to over twenty five percent. That's over 100% wow. increase, and they're not prepared for it. Now, understand, all the tax brackets are going up, but they're not prepared for this, and your CPAs and their financial advisors aren't telling them. Totally. What can people do right now to protect themselves, Alan? Well, if you're in retirement, then you've got a 401k or, or something like that, or you've got a stock portfolio, then you want to eliminate the risk in retirement that a stock portfolio will only compound fixed and fixed index annuities, and cash value life insurance. As an example, you got a fixed index annuity. That's like, let's say you have a million dollars in a stock portfolio. Okay, at a 4% distribution rate, they used to say that be that was a safe distribution rate to last until age 30, for the next 30 years. Well, now that, that distribution rate's down to 2.8%. And that's not guaranteed. 
but that distribution at 4% is $40,000 a year now. And uh, the, uh, in a fixed indexed annuity, you need only needed $650,000 of that million dollars to give you the same $40,000 a year. And that's guaranteed for life. At a 3% distribution rate, they'd only need 500,000. So let's say you got the 4%, that leaves $350,000 that you can do with what you want. You can pay the taxes on it and turn that into a Roth to where you have no required minimum distribution and does not affect the taxation of social security or the means testing from Medicare Part B, plus many, many other advantages. And then you have cash value life insurance. You can get a tax deduction going in possibly if it's set up right, but it grows tax deferred. Your distributions are tax-free. Uh, it does not affect the taxation of social security or the means testing for Medicare Part B, which will be in the thousands of dollars per year. You're protected from lawsuits, liens, and judgments. You can, you can, uh, uh, Take advantage of the progressive tax system that we have. You're protected from government risk and tax risk and market risk, which are absolutely huge. And the list, I mean, the benefits go on. A stock portfolio can't do any of this. A bond, stocks, savings account, real estate, none of them can protect you from the risk of retirement. All they can do is compound it. And people need to start thinking about this because if all they've got is a stock portfolio, they're going to be out of money, especially with sequence returns risk. Wow. It's definitely uh, some big things coming, Alan, if you don't protect yourself. But if you contact you now at 910-551-1046 or email you at strategicwealth, the number zero at gmail.com, you'll be able to kind of take a look at what they're doing, what's happening with them, and if they should definitely go that direction and how to give them a tax-free for life. That's what you want. Debt-free for life, tax-free for life, especially in retirement. We're not paying taxes. You can enjoy yourself, have money to spend. But you're right. Every day is a Saturday when you're retired. Well, yeah. if there's no money, every day is a Sunday. Well, here's <laughs> you the thing. If they can go back to work. Here's the thing I tell people, Neil, to close this out. If they, if and when, when and if they increase taxes, do you want to pay those taxes? I ask them that question. No, I don't want to pay them. Well, contact me and I'll show you how not to. All right, Alan. Appreciate it. All right. Take care. All right, that was Strategic Wealth Strategies Podcast, guys. Take care. We're back to the Neil Haley Show, and my guest again is Tracy Poisner. But I started thinking about it. When we are talking about undeletable dad, essential stepmoms, that made sense. Then she told me, I have this company called Space Time Alchemy and Bach Flowers Alchemy. And I said to myself, what's that Bach Flowers Alchemy? Well, last week on the podcast, we talked about Bach Flowers. Now we're talking about alchemy. And I'm like, oh, is this something that's Canadian? What, what the heck? But Tracy, thanks for stopping by, and uh, and shout out to the, my friends in the um, in Canada because I will be coming back. Uh, new news in the wrestling ring in Canada, as I did always that back and forth from the U.S. to Canada. But again, during COVID, we couldn't do that. But Tracy, thanks for stopping by. And alchemy, define alchemy for me. Um, so. Alchemy is a term that dates way back to the ancient times, uh, at least the Middle Ages, probably long before that. But it was an ancient kind of metaphysical practice, mostly from the Far East, India, China, um, initially in Europe too, for sure. And it was a kind of a metaphysical practice of trying to combine essentially base metals and turn them into gold. So the goal of it was to, to turn something of limited value into something very precious. Like, so in modern times now, my reference to alchemy is referring to what we call shadow alchemy. And it would be an alchemical process of turning your own shadow like the dark parts of your personality your difficulties your fears your your limiting beliefs to turn them into your power into your most powerful thing so we're not talking about like like killing your demons here we're talking about uh like hiring your demons in a sense to do the thing that they do best that will move you forward not talking about anything like you know doing evil stuff but it's about finding the the gold 
inside of what you think is limiting you. So that's the practice of shadow alchemy. It's it's turning your your limiting beliefs and your deepest fears, you know, flipping them somehow into power so that they help you to see the truth clearly and not through a, a distorted filter the way most of us walk through the world. Interesting. Um, and somehow I had an inspiration, an insight, whatever, to combine this shadow alchemy process with the Bach flower system that we talked about last week, these right. 38 energetic remedies that are extremely effective at, um, let's say, uh, turning on different, different enter, uh, emotional centers of your brain. They kind of activate each one of these 38 remedies, according to Dr. Bach, activate a specific emotional center of your brain. And I just thought, wouldn't it be incredible if there was something that you could take, like a product, like it's not quite a pill, but when we say, is right. there a pill for that, right? Like everybody wants a magic pill, a magic bullet to help them in this kind of transformation. Like I understand that I have a limiting belief about that, about my own worth or about what I'm capable of, or, you know, about being deserving of love or about what I could accomplish or about the limits of my potential, right? I understand that I have this limiting belief. And so I don't want to have it anymore. And now what do yeah. I do, right? Like now, what do I do? And there are practices in shadow alchemy that have to do with writing things out and with doing energetic body work to, you know, to kind of visualize changes happening in your body, because this is the issue the the limiting beliefs and the fears that we have live in our body. Your consciousness is not limited to your cranium. You know, our consciousness lives in every single cell of your body. It's part of your life force. It's part of what makes us alive. So this idea of, of bringing in a method of like taking something to help you achieve this transformation quickly, because otherwise it can take a long time. Even in the world of meditation, you know, the serious Buddhist meditators talk about, you know, lifetime after lifetime of, of meditation work in order to reach a kind of enlightenment. So I'm not saying that these are drops of enlightenment, right. but they work really fast. Like within a number of days, there is a definite shift in how you see the world and elevated perspective comes online almost right away. And that is super exciting for me. So I use this Bach flower system now to really, first of all, to expand what Bach flowers can do for a person because uh, over the years, I think the uh, the way that they've been applied has become really limited in a way that I don't I don't think was ever intended. I think Dr. Bach wanted these things to be easy to use, but I don't think he ever meant to for them to be limited. But that's kind of what happened. I see other people offering Bach flower therapy or treatment online or Facebook groups that I'm in where you know, people ask a question and then eight or 10 people will jump on and say, yeah, take this, this, or this. Yeah, you can take this, uh, take these three remedies, take those four remedies. And I think, and what, like, for what, what are you expecting to happen? There's never, there's never any sort of depth to understanding the change that you're going to see from these things. So by putting alchemy together with Bach flowers, I'm trying to turn something that we think of as having little value, which is your your fears or your false beliefs or your illusions about life, and turning those into your greatest power, where you get to actually make those things work for you and not control you anymore. 
Does that make sense? Yeah, it totally does. Uh, so shadow alchemy is what you do. It's not alchemy. So I'm kind of understanding defining alchemy is not it. It's shadow alchemy. Is that no, correct? Alchemy alchemy refers to like putting all kinds of metals and other substances like herbs or special oils or something into a crucible and heating it up and hoping to get gold at the end. You know, it, they were looking for a formula to turn tin or, you know, charcoal or copper into gold. And what I'm talking about is turning your, turning the, what you think of as the worthless parts of your personality into gold, right? Like you've heard this, the saying, the gold is at your feet, right? It's every person alive has something that they are incredible at that for them is so easy that you wouldn't think twice about it. It's like rolling out of bed. You can't believe that it's valuable right. because it's just so natural to you. It's like breathing. Okay. And we call that genius. Like that's your genius. And it's really hard to figure out what it is often because even if you stared it in the face, you don't recognize it for what it is. You don't recognize the value of it. And that's because we go through life with illusions about how valuable we could possibly be to, to the world, to anyone else. Like, yeah, what can I do? I'm just one person. Or, well, but nobody would pay for that. Or I could never charge somebody $500 an hour for that. Like, that's like taking, you know, working with babies or something. I would be taking advantage of people. But you don't understand that the value that you're contributing to someone else is absolutely worth what they're paying right so that if you can if you can if you neil can help somebody you know 10x their business revenue right like it's not about charging an hourly rate that reflects that if you're helping somebody make 10 million dollars then yes your work is worth a million bucks maybe two million bucks right there's nothing about the actual specifics of what you do or the actual advice that you give that um, that speaks to the value of it. So as human beings, we have a hard time detaching ourselves as a person, you know, like, like it being able to believe that you have a kind of limitless value, that you are priceless. In fact, that's, a, you know, we've been so conditioned to believe that like humility is an important value that we shouldn't go through the world thinking you're some kind of great stuff. But it this limits us in terms of what we totally. believe we can do or be or have in life, which in fact is an unlimited thing. So it's the shadow alchemy is is um, kind of elevating yourself out of the world of illusion that you're living in that feels completely real. Everybody's illusions feel real to them, right? It feels so real, and you get your head above the clouds where you go oh okay i get it oh i never i never thought about it that way before it's totally. like that the penny dropping right the light bulb going off that's what we want those those like constant flow of insight constant flow of light bulb moments that's how you should be living instead of buried under a cloud of i can't i don't think i can nobody's going to like it what if this blows up in my face maybe people are going to laugh at me this might be a failure, right? That's how most of us go through our days, maybe not consciously, but there's a voice in the back of your head stopping you from taking certain kinds of risks. And we're we are sublimating or, you know, alchemizing our basically our our survival instinct into a creative drive that is unlimited. This it's it's powerful. It's another way of thinking. Where can people go check you out? Especially just search Tracy Poisner as the new website is going to be up online soon. Rebrand. Uh, but Tracy's all over the place. Tracy, I appreciate it. And okay, now we kind of talked last week what Bach flowers are, which I'm intrigued yeah. by. But you need to have a practitioner like yourself to really know what are the best blends, but add that to alchemy. And then you're going to make a huge transformation and people can wow. go contact you to find out more. But I look forward to talking about space time alchemy next week.
Take care. Okay, thanks. You're listening and watching The Neil Haley Show. We'll be back in just a moment. We're back to Neil Haley's show. My guest today is Tracy Poisoner, and we're going to talk about it from space-time alchemy. Tracy, how are you? And you're going to educate me and what are Bach flowers? Because I have no idea. I just heard the word from you six months ago when I've been working on other marketing uh, programs with you. And I'm like, what? And now you're going to educate me and the audience what Bach flowers are. Yeah. So um, Bach flowers our Bach flower essences are a kind of uh, energetic medicine. They're in the same world, roughly speaking, as homeopathic medicines. They're very different. I, I've been a homeopath for 25 years, so I, I understand the subtle differences between them, but certainly both kinds of products are energetic medicines that work on the physical body at a level beneath body chemistry, where let's say where the quantum physics part of your body lives. Okay. So I know for a lot of people, it's, it's very hard to imagine that, you know, that, that there is a level of your body more, um, more fundamental than your body chemistry. But of course, if you, if you look with a microscope, a powerful enough microscope, you get deeper and deeper into the cells, the molecules, the atoms, the subatomic particles, okay? Like those are undeniably part of your body, right? And the the behavior of those subatomic particles, talking about like um, electrons and protons and neutrons that you learned about in science class, that's the world of quantum physics. And... Okay, before I dive too deep, because we did talk a little bit about quantum physics, quantum physics. Um, I think last week, but Bach flowers are made not by like pulverizing the flower and extracting the chemical ingredients. They're made, you won't believe this, by laying the flowers in a bowl of water in the sunlight. And oh. like that's for real. And some energetic quality of the of the flower petals i guess is transferred into the water in a way that makes them active on the physical level when you take it into your mouth so that all sounds kind of like pretty woo but the truth is that these things have been used now for 100 years in all corners of the world and there is a very famous blend of them called rescue remedy so many, many of your listeners will have encountered Rescue Remedy on the shelf of their regular drugstore, their regular grocery store. It's something that um, many, many veterinarians use for animals because it's so calming. Uh, so these products have a long, long history of being tremendously effective. There are only 38 of them, 38 flowers uh, that are not that mostly they're not ornamental flowers. There are a couple that are, but uh, the majority of them are tree flowers, mm. um, interestingly enough. But this whole system was created by a medical doctor in England named Edward Bach. Uh, in in uh, honor of him, I'll say that he called himself Edward Bach. I find it hard to to pronounce his name that way, but um, but he started out as a bacteriologist who was working with um, the products of the human intestine to create healing um, injections, actually, is what he was doing originally. And he became very famous for that because it was extremely effective. And after a number of years, he took that whole system into the world of homeopathy and he joined the Royal London Homeopathic Hospital, where he partnered with another homeopath and turned that whole um, essentially a vaccine system into homeopathic medicine. And then he became really famous for that. And then he walked away from the whole world of medicine to follow his intuition about uh, flowers being powerful, a source of healing. Wow. And uh, he did it in a very, very different way than there's nothing homeopathic about the preparation of these medicines or about how they're, how they're chosen to work with. So 
I love them personally because they are so simple to work with compared with homeopathy. And I mentioned a moment ago that I've been a homeopath for 25 years. So uh, I know what I'm saying when I say that the longer you study it, the more complex it gets. And uh, there are only 38 of these Bach remedies, not thousands and thousands that you have to learn about as a homeopath. Um, So it makes it possible for people to use them themselves. They were designed to be not something that is prescribed by a doctor, but something that that householders have at home and they use on a regular basis for the ups and downs of everyday life, really. Oh, wow. It's very, very interesting learning about it. And anyone could create it if you're a homeopath. You could take one of the flowers and mix it to make the product. Yeah, you don't need to be a homeopath. Anybody can buy it. 